Everybody, it's Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office. Uh, another wonderful Sunday. It is Mother's Day uh, right now. I'm not sure when you're listening, but it is Mother's Day. Um, so happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there, um, and you mother lovers as well. But uh, you might hear some background noise. Um, Steve's in the shop today working on a project so uh, there might be some random noises you'll hear in the background and I can't do anything about it so sorry appreciate everybody listening um, you know it's really helpful when you tell people when you post on Instagram or Facebook about listening to this podcast um, you know the donators is nice uh, I see I've got uh, 30 or 31 uh, contributors now, or no, I'm sorry, 15, 16 contributors. So, um, <laughs> you know, of the hundreds of thousands of listen hours that we've accumulated, um, you know, 15 contributors, 16 contributors is, is a little, um, discouraging, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep going. So, Anyway, I appreciate you guys that donate. Thank you, everyone that does. Um, all you guys that that like and subscribe and share, and not just here, but on YouTube and everywhere else. It's it's all it's all very helpful. So appreciate it very much, and uh, thank you for for listening. So um, I put out a call on Instagram yesterday for some podcast suggestions. Because I feel like I got in kind of a rut where I was covering the same things over and over again, and uh, you know, and then I'm I'm also hearing from people that are like, stop telling stories and just tell me about you know voltage draw, and other people are like, stop talking about gear ratios and tell me a story. So you know, I can't please everybody, but I'm trying to cover cover everything so at least there's a little bit of something for everyone um so i think i'm going to work on trying to get some guests um whether through zoom or some some other method of recording two people um i'm not sure how to go about it but uh yeah i'm going to try and do that um We'll have some future podcasts on projects that were, that we did and the ins and outs of those. And uh, I know that's kind of tough because it's all visual. So unless you've followed it on Instagram or Facebook, you know, you really don't know what, um, you know, what we're talking about. So I'll, that'll be a, that's going to test my vocabulary as far as uh, descriptions and describing things and whatnot. So anyway um yeah so today we're going to jump in with a good suggestion uh i don't recall the guy's instagram handle and half the time the instagram handles are not their name so you know sexy boy 68 uh thank you for your suggestion um we're going to talk about what to keep in your scout 
or international for off-road and you know off-grid adventures uh, and I'm not I don't mean like overland or stuff like that like overlanding is a whole different thing that you know that, that involves a lot of gear and prep and checkbook and whatnot I'm I'm more referring to day trip off-road adventure um, things that I've found uh, helpful to have and um, you know things that people pack that may be frivolous that you think you're gonna need and then you don't need um, so yeah um, first of all uh, you, any international owner should not leave the house without at least some tools at least some you know a basic socket set wrench set um, you know the the bare minimum of tools uh, and I mean like you know a 3 8 ratchet with a set of sockets from 3 8 to 3 quarters uh, and then a matching wrench set from 3 8 to 3 quarters uh, one wrench that you might want that a lot of kits don't have anymore or that you don't see much of is the 1132nd. The 1132nd was used a lot in um, ignition stuff like the little nuts that hold the um, wires on the coil. In the old days they were 1132nd or sometimes the nut that's on the starter wire. Um, the S or I terminal on the starter is an 1132nd sometimes um, sometimes they're metric and that's another frustrating thing but um, you know that's a wrench that a lot of kids don't have anymore and that I recommend you sourcing one um, you know you can maybe go a step further and instead of having a regular box end wrench set, have a gear wrench style set, uh, you know, ratcheting end wrench. Um, those, have, those are handy, but I will say that they are not as durable. Um, I have been in situations where I've had a wrench set you know gear wrenches rolled up in a tool wrap in a toolbox that didn't get opened for two years well somehow some moisture got in there and when I didn't see it for two years opened her up and everything was rusty and the gear wrenches half of them had rusted solid um, I know they have lubrication in the gear mechanism, but for whatever reason, those gear wrenches were ruined. Um, and the other thing too is if you have them loose in like a steel toolbox or something, the vibration being in, in there will wreck the mechanism sometimes. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a well-outfitted service truck but 
a lot of their wrenches and, and assemblies like that are captured in a foam or a specific wrench holder or something like that. They're not just loose. I mean, some of them are, I guess, but the, the well set up. And then I'm looking at like off-road racing, like the chase trucks and stuff like that. They, they are, um, you know, they've got foam and, and holders in the toolboxes that keep the wrenches from bouncing around. So, um, you know, that's something to consider, but also, you know, like I said, I found that they've been a little less durable. If you're not concerned about it, then it's a good second option. But, um, you know, wrench set, socket set, of course, a couple of flat screwdrivers, a couple of Phillips screwdrivers. Um, I have a few nut drivers uh, because of hose clamps. I absolutely hate using screwdrivers on hose clamps because... You can't seem to get them tight enough, or if you can't get the right angle on it, you can't get access. Um, whereas like nut drivers or a quarter inch socket set with a couple of those sockets, you know. And that's the other thing is you don't need to carry an entire socket range in quarter inch. Like you, you just don't, you don't need a half inch quarter inch drive socket. If you have a half inch end wrench and a half inch three eighths socket, you, you just, I, I don't feel like that's necessary, but if you want to have a five sixteenths and a quarter and a three eighths socket for your quarter drive, or something small like hose clamps or you know getting at the u-joints um, you know the strap bolts on or, or yoke on a u-joint or something like that then that makes sense but it does not make sense to carry an entire quarter inch kit uh, same with big sockets if you have a half inch drive ratchet and you know you really only need to carry like the bigger stuff, you know, five eighths, eleven sixteenths, three quarters, um, and, you know, whatever your lug nuts are, three quarters or or um, thirteen sixteenths, um, you know, stuff like that. Like you don't need to carry the entire array of tools because you know 95% of the time if you're fixing it fixing it on the side of the trail you you just can't use all those tools you're just not going to um, the chances that you're going to be rebuilding a transmission you know or, or pulling a transfer case and even if you pull a transfer case it's like four wrenches and a socket you know it's minimal um, you know, a lot of the hardware on the Scouts is all the same size, uh, you know, so it just don't overdo it by taking tons and tons of tools. Um, you do need to have, like I say, the basic full array of 3 eighths and of box end wrenches. But after that, uh, you know, you can have, um, you know, or you run, if you are going to carry a half inch ratchet uh, for bigger stuff, have a half inch to three-eighths adapter 
you know, so if you do have a smaller fastener that you need the leverage of a half inch ratchet, then you just snap your adapter on there and hopefully don't break that off. So again, that being said, you know, get a high quality one. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's two field, two camps when it comes to uh, tr truck tools. And there is the buy the cheapest Harbor Freight you can get because it's probably going to get stolen, rusty, broken, lost on the trail, loaned out and never got back. Or then there's the put the best tools that you can afford in there because if you're stranded and you're getting back to civilization is dependent on the quality of your tools, then you want the best. And I can see both camps on that. And so what I normally do is I run swap meets and garage sale craftsmen. Uh, generally you can put together craftsmen box end wrench set at a swap meet for five or six dollars. You know, um, it's not, it's not terribly expensive. Um, or garage sale, you know, hit a garage sale, find a, you know, there's usually craftsmen everywhere. So it's a good middle of the road compromise. Um, you know, you're definitely going to want to hammer at least like a, you know, one pound ball peen hammer, a chisel, a uh, very sharp chisel. You're going to want to punch a long, you know, 10 inch long pointy punch. Um, snap ring pliers um, because the locking hubs have a snap ring in there that you kind of need to get off um, and yeah you know that's I mean, for the most basic of basics that's it that's it for hand tools um, really you know a pair of channel locks larger channel locks would be good of course a crescent wrench um, you know for whatever reason uh, I carry two crescent wrenches I've got a little like six inch one um, for smaller fasteners that might have you know been metric or something and then uh, I carry a, a larger heavy heavy one um, yeah that's that's really about it for the majority of the stuff that you're going to be doing on the trail uh, you know yeah maybe a, an extension a little you know four inch extension for your three-eighths ratchet um, you know and then of course you get into like electrical stuff um, you gotta have a test light bare minimum you have to have a test light um, that's just so helpful in diagnosing you know if power is getting anywhere and and any problems like that you know a spool of uh, 16 gauge wire um, some butt connectors ring terminals you know various you know, I carry like I don't know probably five butt connectors and five ring terminals in a couple different sizes and um, you know some spades and male and females um, you know that that's generally what you need to get by with of course uh, you know a roll of electrical tape to tape up your crappy connections um, uh, yeah you know that's that's really I mean again this is not um, 
you know, permanent fixes. This is to get you off of the trail, uh, get you home, get you back to civilization, get your headlights working again so that you can at least see to get home, you know, something. Um, but yeah, so we're getting out of a little bit out of the tools and into spare parts and stuff there, but, um, yeah, you know, fuses, of course. Um, yeah, so I mean, electrical and, and hard mechanical, that's, that's really about it. Um, you know, scouts, like I said, scouts are real basic. Uh, so all the internationals are real basic. Um, you know, if you're good, you can make a, you can make a truck run just by jumping from the battery to the plus side of the coil and, uh, hit the starter with a pair of channel locks and, and it'll start and it'll run, uh, as long as that coil has got power. So even if your ignition switch is dead, if your whole dash is dead, you know, if you had a dash fire or something and you know, everything is dead, you can still make the truck run by powering up the coil and, and jumping across the terminals on the starter and it'll start and you can drive it. Um, you know, as long as your key didn't lock the column, you know, D series is up until 74 didn't have that problem. But, uh, but yeah, if your scout two has a column lock, you know, make sure the ignition still works. Otherwise you got to break that out. Um, or you have to pull the steering wheel off to remove the lock plate. But, you know, um, it, it's just, you don't have to over complicate it. Um, you know, I see guys carrying just tons and tons of tools and, you know, but no parts. Like you got all these tools, but where's the fuel pump? Where's the water pump? Where's the, you know, whatever it was you thought you were going to change. So, yeah. Um, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to go that level of prepared, and you are going to carry spare parts in the scout or truck for whatever adventure you're on, then the bare minimum for me is water pump, fuel pump, and that can be a replacement mechanical that you just, you know, unbolt the old one, bolt a new one in, or an electric, uh, if you're inclined enough to put one in line and, and wire it up. Um, I've, you know, the electrics are handy because on longer adventures, and I've been in this position where we've had to pump fuel out of, um, out of another truck or container to put into a scout. And there was no way to transfer it. I mean, I guess you could have tried to siphon it. But all we had was three eights or five sixteenths fuel hose, and it just yeah siphoning it like that would have taken forever probably. But um, you know, sure we could have I guess we could have undone a, a line under the truck and tried to catch it in something. But you know, at the time we didn't have much for you know some of this. Some of my adventures happened years ago before I know what I know now. So, yeah, you know, we didn't have a can, didn't have a bucket, but we had an electric fuel pump and some fuel line 
So that's how we transferred fuel from one truck to another. But uh, now we know a little bit better. But anyway, um, so that can go either way. You know, carry another mechanical or keep an electric for more versatility, maybe. But prepare, be prepared that if you're going to do an electric, that you need more wire. Um, your spool of 16 gauge, you know, unless it's like a hundred footer, you might need more wire. Um, you know, hose clamps in various sizes are always helpful. And this is where having your nut driver would come in or your quarter inch socket. Um, you know, but the, but yeah, fuel pump, water pump, um, ignition coil, that's um, seems to be the one that always gets me. I've been stranded twice now because of coils. Um, if you're running a Protronics, you know they have a you know they'll run for 20 years or they'll fail after 15 minutes. The the Protronics is I love them. We put them in everything, but man, sometimes they they'll fail in just the worst possible time. So either carry a second Protronics or you keep your original point set and that's what we do on all of our conversions is when we take the points out of a customer's distributor we put them in a ziploc bag we put them in the glove box and then if you know for whatever reason if your patronics fails you can put the points back in and get out um, I personally this is because I'm me I carry a whole other distributor. I have a Holly Points distributor with Protronics in it and a cap on it and everything ready to go so that if I ever had a problem, um, you know, I can just change out the entire distributor. And, you know, we had a customer's distributor fail one time and it actually was the bushing in the base of the distributor that it ate itself up and um, it wasn't oiling or something happened or there was sand in it. I don't know. It, it came from another vendor and it lasted like 1200 miles. Anyways, it stranded that customer in the middle of Arizona. Um, so, you know, he was screwed. And so I think about all of my long road trips that I take with the gas powered trucks and and all that and so I just carry a, a fully loaded distributor for whatever reason and you know if you're in a group sometimes it's not you that needs the part sometimes it's the you know a friend or whatever and and their stuff fails and they might not need the whole distributor they might just need the cap or the rotor or the Pertronics or a plug wire or something else you know so um you know that's that's up to your discretion you know I, I don't recommend anybody carrying a fully loaded distributor um, especially if weight is a concern because yeah you really start loading loading stuff like that and it can really it can really um, add a lot of unnecessary girth to your to your haul so um, but I just look at stuff that is an absolute make or break it, get out of the woods kind of thing. So yeah, a water pump will stop you, uh, a fuel pump will stop you, a coil will stop you, um, whatever does your ignition will stop you. Um, you know, a U-joint. Uh, I carry, I just carry one um, 1310 Spicer. 
because if if I lose a rear U joint, uh, I can just lock in the hubs and you just get out in four wheel drive, in front wheel drive. Um, or if you're in a really bad area and you need really need four wheel drive, then you just change the U joint that failed. Um, and then and I also have extra yokes or not yokes um, U bolts the little the little U bolts that hold the U joints in. Uh, I have an extra set of those because um, I've been in the rocks. I've hit rocks and stuff that have mangled those yokes, and then it let the cap of the U joint fall off or walk out, and that's how I ruined the U joint. Well, I can't just put a new U joint in and put crappy old u-bolts back in so uh, always carry a fresh set of u-bolts as well um, so some of you guys running LS swaps or however your transfer cases are set up you might have something different you might have a strap style setup or you got a slip yoke um, or whatever but you still need u-joints uh, what else yeah, you know, it's just really basic stuff. Uh, I mean, again, for me, on my distance, because I cover thousands of miles sometimes, I carry uh, an extra set of wheel bearings with a wheel seal. Um, I carry an axle U-joint, um, the 760X Spicer is what the, the Scouts use, and the larger axle shafts. I don't know the part number offhand for the smaller U-joints that, like, the 60s, uh, trucks had um, or the Scout 80s I don't know I don't remember that U-joint size but um, <clears throat> yeah the, the larger ones was the 760X again it's all Spicer I try and run Spicer everywhere I can just because it's it's just good stuff um, yeah I really, you know, I guess you could throw in a pair of vice grips, a couple of pairs, like a needle nose vice grip and a standard, um, you know, parrot beak vice grip. That would be handy to have for whatever reason. Um, you probably want a pry bar, maybe an average, you know, 14, 16 inch pry bar uh, probably would be helpful to have. Um, yeah, I'm really, I, you know, it just... I, you don't want to overdo it and carry around all this junk that you're never going to use. But at the same time, you don't want to be underprepared and then be the guy that's causing everybody trouble on the trail. So there's kind of a happy medium in there where you need to really think about your potential problems, what you need to carry, what it takes to fix it, and um, you know, and that that whole thing. Yeah, I guess. Don't forget your fluids, you know, make sure you have a couple quarts of oil, a couple quarts of ATF or steering fluid, a pint of brake fluid, gallon of water, at least a gallon of water for the truck and a gallon of water for yourself. Um, you know, uh, like that, that kind of stuff should, I mean, that should be kind of, I don't want to say common knowledge, but yeah, you definitely don't want to go off on some adventure with not, without any fluids at least. And that's part of why we invented the medicine cabinet is so that, you know, you could stash these fluids out of sight and, and they're just there. You know, it's not like ATF goes bad in the container out in the, out of the sun, you know, it's, it's locked away. Just having the fluids there is, is important. Um, 
you know, and then you can also fit a very small tool wrap in there that's even, you know, could be more basic, couple of couple of wrenches, some pliers, some vice grips, you know, and and get a lot done with that as well. Um, we've sold customers multiple medicine cabinets. Uh, like if you've got a Terra or a Traveler, then you know one holds fluids and one holds tools. Um, you know stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. It just comes down to what you're planning on doing, what your adventure plans is, where you're going, um, how the condition of your truck. You know, like if you're just driving around a rattle trap then you probably want to be a little more prepared than if you've just got a brand new you know new legend from anything scout and you know like there's different different levels of being prepared based on the condition of your vehicle you know my black scout my crawler i don't carry hardly anything in there um because it's durable it's proved itself and if it does break it's going to be a break that i can't fix on the trail you know, I'm not going to be rebuilding a transfer case on the trail. Um, that's when it shifts more into recovery mode. So I guess real quick, we can touch on that. Uh, make sure you've got good recovery points front and rear of the truck. Uh, don't rely on your receiver hitch to be your only recovery point on the rear end. Um, because a lot of times that's not um, the safest. Make sure you've got some hooks or something on the front end. Don't pull on the shackles. Um, that's, that's bad for the shackles and suspension. So make sure you've got, there's a couple of holes up there that you can run some bolts through and actually put legit hooks on. Um, so, you know, try that. Don't weld anything right to the frame. I don't, I don't trust that. Um, so and make sure you always carry a strap or two, you know, I carry two, I got a 30 foot, uh, 30,000 pound yank strap and then I carry a short um, like a 10 footer that you use to go like around a rock if you're winching around a tree if you're going to winch don't ever put your winch cable right around a tree that is bad for trees and it's bad for your winch cable um, carry a couple of D shackles at least three quarter inch ones um, you know and and that's really about it. If you can afford a winch, I recommend you get one sooner than later if you're going to be doing a lot of adventuring. Uh, and if you do put a winch on it, I recommend a second battery. See how this snowballs? See how this turns into a giant snowball where you add one thing, which needs another thing, that needs another thing, that needs another thing. So, you know, be honest with yourself as far as what you're going to be doing, your adventure plans, and how prepared you need to be. Um, you know, it's just, it's just the realistic side of it. Um, but yeah, I know this kind of morphed from a tools to carry to a life lesson podcast, but, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's a good, good enough to get started. Uh, you know, fine tune your toolkit based on your experiences, based on how your scout is set up or your truck is set up. And, and just kind of build from there. Um, you know, it's taken me years to figure out what I need. And, and as far as like the black truck goes, I'm still kind of putting in and taking out things that I don't need or didn't want, thought I needed and then can't use. Um, because that truck's only been on the road for a year and a half now. So 
you know, where setting up a kit for a scout, that's easy. I, I can put that together with garage sale tools in an afternoon. So, um, anyway, hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully you learned something. I'm sure I'll hear about it if you didn't. And, uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys. Until next time, I'm Dan from Binder Bond. Thank you.